All right, the 514 guys are back. Todd, how are you, my friend? Are you ready for this, Rudiger? I've been ready my whole life. 30-year anniversary, man. Rudy came out this week. Dude, classic movie. We're going to get into this one. We'll do a deep dive on Rudy. I think one of the best football movies ever made, probably the most realistic football scenes within a movie. Minus, uh, the, arm, minus the arm shivers. Anyway. Minus the arm shivers. Mind you, we played with some guys that had arm shivers. I'm talking to you, Sean Pru. Fantastic. <laughs> well, you know, we were, we were actually able to uh, see each other in person last week. Had a great time. Why don't you give our listeners a little recap of the day we spent together? Yes, we met downtown. Uh, I took the train in from Ottawa, and uh, we both wanted to get moving because we hadn't uh, done much on the Monday. So uh, we climbed uh, the infamous Mount Royal, man, on the trail. So for anyone who's never been to the Mount Royal uh, Park, designed by the same person, apparently designed Central Park in New York, but there's a winding trail uh, that takes you up to the the top of the mountain where you get a a view of the entire city. So well done. And then... uh, we finished it off with uh, having a couple beers in uh, the old port and then uh, smoked meat at Rubens. So a good day, man. <laughs> it was a good day. And for those American listeners that aren't sure where we met the downtown is, that was Montreal. I headed home for a few days, uh, surprised my mom for Canadian Thanksgiving, which was great. Todd came into town. Uh, great day, right? They took the train in just yeah. so we could hang out. And then I met with uh, a realtor, something related to business, and got right back to Florida. But it was really great seeing you, catching up. And as you said, just a super day, you know, walking around. We probably walked eight or nine miles, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, easily, easily. And uh, super day, great food, good memories. And uh, it was really nice seeing you. And uh, for those who don't know what uh, smoked meat is, basically for the Americans, it's corned beef, but 10 times better. So 10 times better. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal smoked right. meat, man. Jim Rome swears by it, right? Jim Rome does swear by it. All right, we have a lot to, to unpack here. We haven't been on for a little while. Um, you know, we have – let's go right to the NFL, okay? Let's go into last weekend. Now, I didn't catch a lot of games. As you know, I actually went to a game last weekend. I was at uh, Detroit and Tampa Bay game. So that kind of obviously took up my time. I wasn't able to watch a lot. But let's let's talk about it because it seemed to be a kind of a wacky weekend in the NFL. It was a uh, trigger moment for any degenerate gambler in your life. <laughs> so if you had someone on the edge, like, you know, there, there, a lot of people showed up at those 12-step meetings, man, drinking bad coffee in a church basement on Monday because of that NFL weekend. Like, uh, I wouldn't want to be a gambler, man. Like, just, the, you know, the 49ers right away. Leaving. Yes. I mean, injury. You know, you, you look, obviously they had some injuries going in, but then, like, they've lost, they're down two offensive linemen. Down Samuel, down McCaffrey now, but like, you know, um, so uh, Purdy is human, right? And uh, they had six three and outs, man, for an mm. offense that's dominated, right? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. They can be beat, and that opens up the NFC, man, if they don't heal. So I think that was a big shocker for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. That's an interesting one. I know on the talk shows this week is, you know, is Purdy just mortal? Seems to be he is. I mean, when you have all those weapons around you and they're not with you, you kind of come back down to earth. Clearly the Browns defense, it's not being talked about, but it's playing at historic levels right now. We'll see if they can keep it up, but very, very dominant. And then, of course, the Jets beating the Eagles. I mean, that that was one a head-scratcher, no doubt. Uh, the Eagles are banged up too, right? But I, uh, again, and, you know, Jets, I think their corners were, their corners have been banged up as well, right? So, mm-hmm. so that is a head-scratcher. Uh, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not a big Robert Sala fan, but uh, I think they're three and three now. So, you know, like given all the challenges that have been 
is it feasible that they <laughs> any shot? Like, what's the the odds they win the AFC East <laughs> at this point, right? Like, uh, who the hell knows where the Bills are at, right? The Bills was like, you know, like that was a you know managed to pull it off, but right, they didn't look uh, they didn't look like the typical Buffalo Bills at all. I mean, scoring fourteen points against the Giants, who are now one and five. <laughs> I mean, the Bills are. I, I really don't have faith in them. I've said that since you know we started on the podcast, and and honestly, I think. What's happening with the Jets? And we alluded to it last week. What if the Jets go on a bit of a run and, you know, Wilson starts hitting his groove? I know he's not the reason why they're winning. The defense is certainly carrying them. But I think too many people say, will Rodgers come back this year? And I just don't think it's that simple. This guy's coming off an Achilles. It's not like he can just flip a switch. Uh, He is, you know, whatever. He is 40-something. And I think this would be an interesting run if somehow the Jets became a wildcard team and Wilson got a start, and who knows, right? You're in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Uh, very interesting team moving forward. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. And, of course, we're going to have to see uh, Rodgers throwing on the sideline <laughs> for the cameras, right? Like uh, <laughs> anticipation that in the event that he could potentially come back. But, yeah, it's fun, man. I mean, it's It fun. is fun. It is fun. Now, I'm going to give you a little recap. You know, obviously, I mentioned that uh, the Lions came to town here, to the Bucks, and uh, – First of all, what a great atmosphere in the stadium. You know that I've been to a lot of games in Baltimore and some other stadiums, but I can't even tell you how friendly both crowds were. I would say there was at least 40% of the crowd uh, from Detroit, and everyone got along, even though Detroit won, and uh, just a a really great atmosphere throughout. It wasn't the Chargers and Cowboys. Did you see the amount of fights? Oh, my God. Did you see the amount of fights that that happened in that stadium? Like, they're all over YouTube. It's ridiculous, man. I mean, Cowboys fans are off the chain. They're they're crazy. What's the uh, tailgate situation? Because I think that's that's an instigator for a lot of the problems they've been having in these stadiums with the fights and everything. Yeah. Like, when you show up up at Tampa, like, what's what's the tailgate situation like? That's a great point. So, again, in Baltimore, we tailgated all day before the game and it it got a little aggressive at times you know for instance if Pittsburgh was in town and you walked by in a Steelers jersey it was on I mean you were gonna <laughs> hear it I mean it was on it really was um Bucks because it's so hot here the, a lot of the tailgating is happening within bars big bars by the stadium the crowds are mingling from there and uh really peaceful like really peaceful I mean, and, you gotta, uh, it's, it's, it's where you are too, man. Like you're in Tampa Bay, man. The water is like you got like like whatever. It's, it's ninety degrees every day. You got the beach. If your right. team loses, it's not the end of the world. But Set. if you're in Pittsburgh in November, <laughs> like the football is the only show in town. Your existence is the the value of your existence as a human being is largely determined <laughs> on what's happening, like in uh, you know in the AFC the AFC North, right? So yeah. it's different, right? And everyone's a transplant from Florida too, right? Like yourself. Well said. So, well said. It's a day out, have a few beers, watch the game. It's not life or death, and uh, that's very well said. But because of what's happened this week, and especially, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting into the Patriots, we definitely have some coaches now on the hot seat. Cool, and we have man. some coaches rising the top, maybe some unexpected ones. Yeah. What are your thoughts on some guys? Certainly, Belichick. I mean, where does this go? How does this end for yeah. him? Yeah, I mean, so apparently, like uh, Albert Breer was talking, right? Like, apparently, like, they've – Kraft is high on Gerard Mayo, right? Who's been mm-hmm. a long-time Belichick assistant. And they've already kind of, like, you know, like he's already kind of mentioned, like, in terms of succession plan, Mayo's the guy. So mm-hmm. we'll see, man. Like, I think what could potentially happen is Kraft, Kraft's a smart guy, man, and he's in his 80s, right? And Belichick, where he struggled is the, is the personnel, 
right? Like it's the mm-hmm. GM, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, right? Like uh, the, I think, you know, like beyond, you know, moving off of Brady too early, right? Like I, the Jacoby Myers situation, like getting rid of Jacoby Myers, who was like your one, one of your only valuable offensive weapons. And then, you know, Juju Smith hasn't worked out. Uh, Zeke is not doing anything. Like it's like just bad offensive choices. There's nothing there. Mac Jones mm-hmm. hasn't developed. I could see Kraft forcing Belichick's hands. Like, okay, you want to come back? Uh, we're not. You, like, we're going to get a real GM. He's not going to work for you. You're not going to work for him. But the GM will have final say over the the, the personnel, and then force Belichick's hand. Right. Like, so if he does decide to leave, that's an exit ramp for Kraft and say, well, you know, I, I kind of put it to Bill. I think the media and the fans would support that, and it's like he, he would potentially move on to some other franchise. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think Bill's got a few flaws, certainly. One of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest all time. But personnel decisions are a huge misstep, right, in his career. He's never been able to find a wide receiver. Um, the whole team is kind of weak, slow right now. And then I think one of the other damning things with him is the nepotism on the staff. Oh, man. Like, I mean, a, you go down from the GM. So it's yeah. Al Groh's grandson, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a longtime buddy of, of Kraft. And then his kids, like Steve Belichick, like on, on the staff and everything. Like he, as much as he moves off players quickly, he is longtime loyal to staff to the point where it's a detriment on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just, it's just weird, man. But I mean, it, it angers me at the same point, like when you heard like Shannon Sharp saying like, oh, it was all Brady and stuff. It's like, did you watch the last Rams Super Bowl, buddy? You know what the score was? It was a defensive game. Like he's always had right. a top five defense. So, you know, I don't think the nine Super Bowl appearances uh, and, the, and whatever, how many they won, six or seven that they won there. Like, I don't think that happens in isolation just with Brady. Like it's both of them, right? Like, um, but you know, everything good, all good things come to an end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Reed finished bad with the Eagles. Belichick, you know, it's it's probably run its course with the Patriots. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, think of the great coaches, Shula, yeah. right? It, it was done. He, you know, it's time for him. Landry, Jimmy Johnson yeah. took over. These guys, they have a term, a lifespan, and these are great coaches. You know, all time top five wins. I know Belichick is probably within twenty wins of the all time win. He's total. also he's also eight wins away from breaking Tom Landry's all time loss record. Right, right. I saw <laughs> so that. I mean, you do anything long enough, you're going to have all the records. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I honestly think. His time has come, certainly in New England. But I don't know at this point, if you're another team, do you bring him on? Someone would. If Frank Reich, I'm telling you, Frank Reich, if it goes really south fast with Carolina, you don't think David Tepper would bring Belichick in? Yeah. I think he would. Like, <laughs> I don't know it's if I would. I don't know if I would. But uh, he brings credibility to the franchise right away. But that credibility is short-lived if they don't get results, right? Like, it just – I think with the, the Patriots – What's been unnerving the last season and a half is just they're doing unpaid, uncharacteristic right. stuff for the Patriots, right? Like special teams errors, like getting, you know, kicks returned, punts are getting blocked, they're having bad penalties, Mac Jones thrown across the field, like, like, in, like they're right. making the wrong coverage. And they're, they're not starting off, they're starting off so pathetically. Like, don't, like, you know, the last couple games, man, 13-3 at halftime with the Raiders, 21-0 at halftime with the Saints, 28-3 at halftime with the Cowboys. That never happened. Even with Matt Castle, even when he was with the Browns, like that's really uncharacteristic of, of the Bill Belichick team, right? So things are going haywire. <laughs> yeah, interesting. The other coach I want to talk about, and this has come out all week long, is that Sean Payton has already lost the locker room in Denver completely. There, there's been talk, multiple players, <laughs> ex-players, ex-Broncos, 
saying, you know, his way is not flying here. And you can certainly see the short runway for Russell Wilson. They've dumped two defensive linemen in the past, whatever, week or so, two starting defensive linemen. And, I mean, you can't just dump guys that disagree with you, you know, so, if, if they're good players. So where does this go for Sean Payton? Well, October 31st is the, tread, the trade deadline, I think. So yeah. we'll see. Like, he may do a – is it a – is he going to rip it down to the, the studs, right? Like, <laughs> right? That, that's a possibility. It's not that they have, like, a huge amount of assets. Yeah. But they got some players, right? So – um, I, I could see him doing that, right? Like, I think he wants allegiance and he wants to, he's very picky, right? Like the, the, the rumor on Peyton is he's kind of like Gruden. He's in love with the player. Always in love with the player he doesn't have mm-hmm. other than Drew Brees, right? But so that's interesting. Um, so we'll see. It's, uh, I, uh, it's, it's fun to watch, man. <laughs> Again, um, listen, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I love when the karma game strikes and it's certainly striking there. And again, it'll be interesting to see if he does dump everything, kind of what you're alluding to. And I, I do think that's the way to go if he wants to buy some tenure there. I know his contract goes, but contracts can be bought out. But if you do dump it and, and get a rebuild and you get one of these top quarterbacks coming in next year, dude, you better win and uh, you better make the right choice. It, it's really interesting to watch. So it's good. It's good. Yeah, it is good. Now, what about what about college football? Did you watch any any? Because you know I'm a college guy. That's that's my thing. I immediately last weekend did not watch any college football. Watch okay. some Canadian football. <laughs> watch any college football. Give me the quick highlights of the <laughs> CFL from last week. I'm curious. Toronto Argos are running to a 17 and one season. And, really? Uh, yeah. No, they're good, man. And uh, I think they would be. Uh, so it's uh, it's Jim Kelly's nephew is the quarterback. Uh, and they are doing good, man. They're good. They are, they are the powerhouse. They are the team to beat right now. But the Montreal Alouettes will make a playoff at home, <laughs> a home Eastern, <laughs> Eastern semifinal conference game uh, at Percival Molson, uh, probably against Hamilton. So looking forward to that. Now, will they hey, sell out? Are, they, are these sellout games? Uh, they're not selling out, but I think for the playoff game, they might. But, I mean, <laughs> listen, man, people knock the CFL all you want, but it is accessible, man. You're talking with taxes, 60 bucks for two tickets. Yeah, it's yeah. enjoyable, man. It's accessible, right? Like parking is like you know whatever twenty bucks. Like you know you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's let's quickly delve into this Colorado Buffalo football team. So we all know who's running the show, Coach Prime. They were up huge last well, Friday. Stanford, night Stanford, eh? to Stanford. Stanford, and Stanford's a terrible football team, and uh, they were up big at the half. I think it was twenty nine zero. And they ended up losing the game. And the word is they were celebrating the locker room and this and that at halftime, kind of like the game was won. Now things are starting to come apart, you know, in, in Colorado. Their schedule gets tougher. They, they have some tough games coming up, you know, Utah, USC, and so forth coming. But you kind of wonder where this is headed for Colorado. They are leading the nation now in penalties per game, penalty yards per game. They're becoming an undisciplined team. And I just wonder if the shine is starting to fade a little bit. Well, the story only remains relevant as long as they remain good, right? So what's mm-hmm. good? What constitutes good um, in the rebuild, right? So uh, a bowl appearance, right? So, But if they don't, uh, like you said, what are, what's the record on that now? They have two wins? They have two wins? Uh, four wins right now. Four they wins? beat TCU, Nebraska, Colorado State, and Arizona State. And they have two losses. And they have two, two losses. losses. The next 
Well, they have five games left. Three of them are ranked teams. UCLA, Oregon State, and Utah. Um, and then they have Arizona in there as well, who just beat a really interesting Washington State team. So they essentially have to win two of their last five to make the bowl game. I mean, and, uh, it's not looking good. It's just hard because how do you match the hype, right? That you self-inflicted hype, right? Mm-hmm. Or self-perpetuated hype, if you want, mm-hmm. right? At the beginning of the season. I think if Dion's smart, he kind of grounds the team a little bit and says, listen, guys, we're making progress, right? Like incremental progress. It's a slow process. We're getting better. That's all that counts, right? Like, and, but I think if he doesn't do that and he doesn't manage expectations, yeah, it's a young team, right? They're all transfers from other schools and stuff mm-hmm. and a lot of freshmen. Like uh, things could go south fast, right? In terms of, you know, the culture could go, go rotten pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for the fans that are, you know, college football fans who are listeners, huge game this Saturday, Penn State, Ohio State. That's uh, noon Saturday. You're going to have two future top 10 quarterbacks in the game. Both are young, both having their first year as full-time starters. But definitely one to watch if you're interested in, in some solid football. You've got Tennessee playing Alabama. Tennessee beat Alabama last year. Um, both quarterbacks are very questionable. Could be a low-scoring game. Bama's defense is great. So that's one to watch. Um, and then the big rivalry, one of the big rivalries, Michigan-Michigan State, Saturday night and uh, at Michigan State. But something came out today at Michigan, and uh, for those listeners that know me, I'm a huge Michigan fan. Now the team in Harbaugh has been accused of signal stealing from the other teams. There's an NCAA violation. Uh, that, yeah. That, to me, man, like a, a signal stealing, like you know, they accused Belichick for years of stealing. Mm-hmm. So, to me, if you are scouting a team, okay, you have access to whatever the fans see, which includes the bench. Which, which includes like the signal, whatever signaling that, you know, that, that's going on between the players and the coaches or whatever, that's part of, conceivably part of the game film or whatever you like. I, you know, like I, to me, that's a, that's a leap, you know? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm in total game. agreement. I mean, certainly game. I coached for a long time. You coached for a long time. And uh, I mean, make your signals tougher to, exactly. to decipher. It's, you know what I mean? You know, if, if everyone's the sing- looking, there's no doubt. But a if it's signal, that simple, yeah. yeah. A signal inherently is supposed to be disguised. Right. You know, disguise a coded message, if you will. So if the coaching staff can decode the message, it's fair Good game. for them. Good you for know, them. Exactly. Good. It just seems like another thing, you know, another distraction for Michigan. Uh, certainly Harbaugh doesn't have a long-term contract. We have this going on. You know, there was things about buying the student the burger in the offseason. There just always seems to be something going on with Harbaugh. And I – you just wonder who's creating the stir. You know, is it is it rivals? Is it someone within the team? I, I don't know. But um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you're two days away from a rivalry game, and now you've got to defend yourself for signal stealing. So it's just well, another thing. Yeah. I mean, with Harbaugh, man, as long <laughs> the, the greatest perfume is winning, right? So yeah. he, as long as he keeps winning, they'll let him do his thing and, you know, come up with a crazy uh, – whatever, you know, uh, King Henry quote or something like that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> press, press conference that nobody understands, right? But, right, uh, right. Know. Well, it should be a good game if anyone's interested. Hard-hitting football, Michigan-Michigan State, great rivalry um, Saturday night. I would so have an interest good. in the uh, Penn State-Ohio State. Like, I really mm-hmm. – I like – you and I saw James Franklin in person. Mm-hmm. Right. I really, really like him as a coach. I think he underrated. And I don't know. It would be nice to see Penn State kind of, you know, you know, show some strength in the – 
Well, there's, it's Eastern, interesting. There's two storylines for this game. There's the Penn State storyline saying, are we actually legit? Can we compete mm-hmm. with Michigan and Ohio State? And this win, you know, Franklin has a reputation of good teams can never win the big game. That's yeah. been going on for years. So beating Ohio State, who are now ranked number three in Ohio, would be awesome, right? I mean, certainly set them up moving forward to potentially get in the playoff. Ohio State, now two years in a row, has lost to Michigan. Ryan Day is under some pressure. And obviously still have Michigan coming up at the end of the year. But they better handle their business here against Penn State or the heat gets turned on with Ryan Day and this team. So there's <laughs> there's a lot at play. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, who I'm rooting for, I'll actually be pulling out some Penn State gear on Saturday because, uh, you know, I root for the worst for Ohio State. But uh, it'll be an interesting game, very hard-hitting, speed everywhere on the field. These teams are built with speed, not like Michigan. It's a power team. Um, and you'll see tons of, you know, future NFL talent throughout the A game. loss of that magnitude, we would even see through some emotion through Ryan Day's plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> the peelings on that face. Are like, he's, he's something else, that guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, that's that's the slate for this weekend. So it'll be interesting. Um, what else you got, buddy? What else do I got, man? What else is going on? Uh uh haven't been watching haven't been streaming that much like i said i'm finishing up billions oh so that's, good that's okay. good yeah yeah yep. paul giamatti so yep. that's, that, that's fun it's the last season so that's almost done yep uh what else am i watching not too much man uh, i'll give you one i just watched uh a quick it's a quick four-part you know i'm a documentary guy on netflix called vape um oh, about, yeah, yeah, about yeah. vaping interesting story it actually started uh, i'll give you a brief synopsis two guys from stanford and they actually wanted to take on the big tobacco companies and get people to stop smoking. So they obviously created this vaping mechanism where you're burning the tobacco in, in a different way. And uh, it actually was working. People were quitting smoking until the teenagers got on board and thought this was a cool thing. And uh, once they did and they realized the harmful effects of nicotine on teenagers, Parents got involved, started lawsuits, and the whole thing sort of crumbled. But in the beginning, it was very, it was a genuine idea to help yeah. people. And, uh, you know, it just went off the rails. Social media really sparked everything, how social media does, right? Instagram, before TikTok, I think. But Instagram, Facebook, whatever it was, just showed how cool it was to be vaping and vaping in classes. And it just went out of hand and things went off the rails. Good yeah, documentary, man. though. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, let's talk about Rudy, buddy. Yeah, I mean, you, 30 you years. let off with Rudy. 30 let's years, talk about man. It. Listen, people knock Rudy, and, you know, you can, there are parts of it that haven't aged well. And, you know, although it's a true story, there's parts that have to continue to age extremely well. Like that speech, well, you know, the defensive coordinator gives them all the walk ons to speech mm-hmm. at the first practice, you know, the whole bit there. Like, uh, our greatest, your greatest value to us is we don't give a shit if you get hurt. <laughs> still interested, like, <laughs> like, yep. no, it still, it still holds up, man. Good story. Um, it does hold up. Um, you know, everything football related is a little bit embellished, as you said, but I think it it shows quite a bit of realism. You know how hard it is to be a player, certainly if you're not starting, you're just there to get your ass kicked every single day in practice. And, uh, you know, it's a tribute for this kid, this Rudy that, that, you know, obviously not a kid now, but stayed on, you know, he did make a play and, uh, good for him. I mean, he got further than, than you or I ever did. So good for him. 
So here's the question I have. So Montana was on that roster. Yeah. Right. And Montana's not a fan of the story. Like he said, right. it was embellished, right? But uh, why they don't include, there's no mention of Montana in the movie at all. <laughs> like, it's true. Right? Like, you know, yeah. The other, yeah. you know, just, uh, just odd, right? There's other some weird things too. It's like, you know, like there's a scene like where it doesn't age very well. Like Rudy's essentially homeless, right? So it's like <laughs> five in the morning and he's sitting like on a pond, like on the South Bend campus, like on a bench by himself. And it's like, Roman Catholic police, like in collar, just walks up out of nowhere. Like, hey, hey there, son. Yeah. Like, want to get my get get my van? Like, <laughs> need a place to stay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you mentioned Montana because there there is a documentary on Montana. It's I don't know four or five parts, and I watched it not long ago when I was kind of on the Peloton. And they asked him about Rudy, and especially the scene where all the seniors were going up and and putting their jerseys down. And and Montana, matter of fact, said that never happened. Yeah. So you know, it's cool. It's great for the movies. Um, but so, I mean, whatever. So if Dan Devine wasn't the head coach and was Bill Belichick, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the captains come in and, and say, you know, we don't want to dress. We want Rudy to take our spot. What do you think Bill Belichick's reaction is? Like, <laughs> get out of my office. Yeah. So so let's do this. I mean, let's. So we have Rudy. What are your other? Let's just even say top. I don't know. It doesn't have to be five. Top three football movies. I would say Friday Night Lights takes it like mm, easily. Like okay. uh, Billy Bob Thornton, just based on the you know it's true to the book, and I just it really captured like football Texas at a point in yep. time, like in the eighties, right? Uh, I mean, after that, man, I find football movies that go south really quick. Yeah. Like yeah. like you take like any given Sunday, the program, uh, they're they're fun, but. I don't know, man. I would have to say, I would say Rudy is probably second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, like I said, it jumps off a cliff really quick. What about Remember all... the Titans? Yeah, Remember the Titans is fun. I mean, that, that's a good one, too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you actually coached the T.C. Williams, right? So, right. you know, they right. embellished, probably embellished that story, too. I'm yeah. going to go old school, man, and I know you didn't like this one, but I'm going to go Nick Nolte, Mac Davis, <laughs> North Dallas 40. <laughs> Dude, I remember we read the book when we were, you know, we were young and playing, and it was just wild times in that book. But right. you look uh, and watch some yeah. of the stuff on YouTube, right? So it's Danby Coleman. So it's basically the Dallas Cowboys, like you know, and basically how they're modernizing the game, right? And they're doing metrics and like telling the receivers they should be catching X amount of passes mm-hmm. per game, and right, like and and all the the training and stuff. And you got these two old guys like Nick Nolte, who's a veteran player, who's basically on you know like injury uh, prone, but on his way out, right? So anyway, fun. I like that. What, what about draft day? Where does that sit with you? Uh, I just, I couldn't buy into the fact that, like, okay, so Dennis Miller's the head coach. They're keeping him completely in the dark of who they're taking. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 right? Like, I, mean, I don't know. Hard to, hard to, 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 to buy in. Right? All right, that's fair. And let me ask you, this, this is, I don't know if it's a football movie. Does Jerry Maguire count as a football movie? I would say no. Okay. I would say no. I would say no. Well, Jerry, Maguire gonna... a, Jerry Maguire is a great. Well, there's parts of Jerry Maguire that are great. To watch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's a. I mean, guy gets a <laughs> knockout, like you know, traumatic head injury to the point that he's out. He's unconscious on the field for, uh, for whatever, like five minutes or whatever, and then, then you're good. Doing, <laughs> then he's doing the windmill breakdancing, spiking the ball, and the team's already to resign him. Like it's just. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> How things have changed, my friend. What about any given Sunday? What do you think? All right. Here's the problem with any given Sunday. 
The well, uniforms, I, just the uniforms are. <laughs> I just listen. As great of an actor as Al Pacino is, he to me is totally miscast as a football coach. It just it doesn't work for me from start to finish, and I just can't buy into it. His speeches don't ring true, and I mean he's a he's a mobster. You know what I mean? That's how in I in a game Pacino. of football called <laughs> life. <laughs> exactly. Yard by yard. <laughs> it just you know that's it. It's that. So uh, you know. A for effort, but I just don't think it translated to to real football. You know, I, I think you, I, most people that listen to this have some sort of background in football, and uh, it was Hollywood. It was Al Pacino. Let's but get a big name. he was really good as Joe Paterno. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I mean, Brian's song, if you wanted to go back in time and say, oh, oh yeah, Brian's song is good, right? But uh, Paper Lion, like all those ones, right? But uh, yeah. here's my thing with the football movies, right? Like, like, Think about the program or any given Sunday, like, like so the program, right? It's like an NCAA roster, right? So mm-hmm. they're gonna have eighty guys dressed for a home game, but the, the for production value, they always go on the cheap. There's like twenty guys on the bench, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. Here, here's one more we have to talk about, and I have an issue right from the start because the quarterback puts on his helmet by holding his face mask. Varsity Blues. John Voigt, uh, James Voigt, Van Der Beek. John Voigt was amazing. And Van, and right. Van Der, whatever, Van Der Beek or whatever was yeah. amazing too. Yeah. But again, uh, kind of stupid, right? Like, yeah. like, I like to, I'm a big fan of Friday Night Lights, the television show, man. Well, there's some good actors in there. I mean, it, it was good. It was, good it was drama yeah. around yeah. the field and yeah. wound throughout. So, yeah. And then, of course, one more, just, you know, before we get off, Waterboy. This is terrible. <laughs> it's stupid it's, but it's but it's good fun come on it's good i'd rather watch Waterboy than i'm a necessary uh, roughness guy necessary yeah, roughness yeah. scott bacula oh <laughs> why don't you just pull out wildcats <laughs> hey man i like that offense man they have wesley snipes and uh uh what's his name there uh let's see who else was in that anyway yeah yeah. Well, well, let's try to do this. I know we, we kind of took a pause. I was traveling. You were kind of traveling, doing some things. Let's try to get through these games this weekend, and maybe we can give our audience another uh, a bonus episode next week, if that sounds good for you. Sounds good. So but just before we leave, last prediction. Where is, what is Belichick's coaching situation next year? So he's either with the Patriots, same role, with the Patriots coach but not GM, take a year off, or with another franchise. I, I think he's taking the year off. Yeah, that sounds right too. Yeah, I think he, I, I think yeah. he's smart enough that he'll wait for the right opportunity, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't see him jumping to a team, you know, for instance, Carolina that you mentioned or Chicago. Yeah. You know, I, I just it's, yeah, no, he, no. He would need to know that he's going to have a quarterback and a, and a sound franchise and yeah, you know, all the pieces. But, cool, man. Uh, but interesting. Well, go blue, buddy. Hope you have a great weekend. Always awesome catching up, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. Sounds good. Bunsen in. Bunsen in.